0: G'day, my name is Matt Rowley and welcome to this Green and Gold Rugby podcast special where we're going to get excited about the upcoming England tests by sharing that excitement with our counterparts in the Northern Hemisphere, the Egg Chaser podcast. As usual, we're sponsored by Sportpool, where you can go to find your talent, whether you're a player or whether you're a club looking for players. But otherwise, let's get stuck into the pod. Yeah,
1: right there. Right there.
0: So, joining us now on the pod, we've got, look, another fantastic pod from the other side of the world. It's actually, it's just secretly, guys, it's actually one of my favourite podcasts. Um, it's the Egg Chasers. <laughs> and I've got uh, both uh, Tim and JB here with us. So, just so everybody knows, first of all, I'll say good day to Tim. Mate, how are you?
2: Uh, good day, Matt.
0: Hello. <laughs> Come in, London. Um, are, you, are you guys <laughs> in London?
3: Man- no, no, no. Manchester. Manchester.
0: Oh, Manchester.
2: Manchester. Jeez, no wonder the line's crackly. Um, yeah. <laughs> the only place on earth that gets as much rain as you've had over the last couple of days by the sound of it exactly
3: yeah we, we feel like we're at home and then the other guy i've got here as well is jb mate how are you very well thanks matt how are you i can't believe on a sunday you've you've made me leave my palatial estate from shooting and i've had to get all the servants <laughs> locked up in quarters just to do
0: this
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So you've, you've pulled them in from the fields beating have you you've kind of you've, oh, you've, you've brought them back it's sunday yeah. <laughs> and of course, um, joining me, uh, you know, to help with the whole Aussie side of things, is is Hugh, mate. How are
1: you? I'm good, Matt. Good. Brave the conditions here. Very, very English. We have put on a good show for for the for the palms that they're here. But um, hopefully, that'll that'll end tomorrow, when it can be scorching sunshine for the next three weeks, and it can be, uh, yeah, 40-degree temperatures, really make them sweat.
0: Oh, yeah, mate, they'll have sun tans by the time they've, they've finished. Um, well, what we thought we'd do today, though, is just have a bit of a chat, get the other perspective. So what we're going to ask the guys from Egg Chasers to give us is to kick off with who are the three guys in the Aussie squad they fear the most, so the guys they least like to see run out um, against uh, England, and then we're going to talk about uh give them the opportunity to understand who the guys or the things that they're going to welcome the most so the things that they're happy to see so look i'm going to hand over to you guys who do you want to kick off with so who do you who are you guys fearing the most uh from the wallabies
2: well i think full disclosure matt and hugh is that jb is actually welsh so yes, you, you, yes, you, so <laughs> you need to, you need to factor that into any anything jb says when it comes to england because <laughs> i think uh, australians and welshmen uh share that uh that hatred of the poms so yeah. um and the rest of just the world fact.
0: actually too, but yeah. And to be well, fair, yeah.
2: I mean, I'm still mourning the loss of
3: Stuart Lancaster. This
2: this Jones <laughs> character, he is a worry. All right, well, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty predictable, and I, I, you could have predicted what we'd say. I mean, no. I mean, it's it's pooper all day long, isn't it? I mean, yeah, the, the, the two of them together. I just, I, I wake up in cold sweats, having nightmares about about them at the World Cup um, and and what they did to to England. Yep. Um, I think particularly. What England have have done against the other Six Nations teams, and Eddie Jones has got a 6-0 and record currently, and he's done that by winning the collisions, winning the game line, and Billy Vanapola uh, at number eight. I mean... I- I don't think you saw the best of him. Uh, I, I'm hoping that Australians, by the end of this series, are going to think, wow, there is a world-class number 8. Yeah. He has been punching holes, been an absolute wrecking ball. Uh, J- JB, you know that as a, as a Welshman, as, as, as well yeah. as anyone, what he's done. And that, that game-line battle and and Pooper slowing down that ball um, is going to go a long way to deciding if England can um, finally get a series win in Australia and get the first win there since, what, 2010? yeah so look do you guys rate within the
0: you know breaking the pooper down do you rate Pocock or I should turn around the other way around I think I think everyone knows what a you know how ridiculous Pocock is do you rate
2: Hooper in the same vein and uh, well he's, his environmental work's not quite as strong I'll okay. go no. I'll say that um I think
3: Hooper's slightly different
2: I think what he what he
3: offers Alongside the breakdown stuff, mm. is just that like open field running, mm. uh, and mm. he, you know, he's just he's just an like extra ball carrier, the extra threats. Uh, I, I think he's slight, I think he's slight, slightly different, but no less dangerous. A tremendous well- athlete.
1: You you forget, and I went back, Matt, and as you might have done this weekend, and watched that England Australia game in the World Cup um, as a rainy weekend here. It's just something I do. It's it's quite enjoyable. But um, you forget in that game, Hooper was an absolute psychopath. Mm. You know, he was charging around, and he ended up getting suspended for that. He charged into that ruck and and probably could have been red carded these days. We've saw we've seen it in Super Rugby, folks, getting red carded. So mm. you know he was. All-time psychopath in that game, and he hasn't really been able to produce it since. But um, yeah, what the guy says is right. I mean, they, they were their absolute best in that game.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually
1: thought it played. They played a real combination, which you know, Pocock did a fantastic.
0: I mean, actually doing some analysis. Um, just this week with the dead ball area again going back and looking at that game and what you'd see over time is that you know Pocock would do like I counted nine times where he didn't get awarded a turnover but he slowed the ball down so much that you know it was one of those times you're right on the edge of a turnover you don't quite have it so you let go but in the meantime the whole line set and then what you'd see is Hooper just comes straight out of that line and nail whoever receives the ball. And so all of a sudden, England's gone from being hot on attack to slow ball, and then suddenly they're be- behind the gain line with Hooper doing yeah. something. So that was the kind of pattern that they fell into, and it worked really
3: well. But, Ethel, um, well, well, um, we, uh, I'm sorry, I was listening to an interview with Sam Warburton, mm. and his turnover mm. stats aren't aren't particularly good, but uh, his view is he doesn't care because if he turns a three-second ruck into a seven-second ruck, that yeah. to him is nearly as good as a turnover. No, exactly. Over again. So that's two. Have you got a third, or is the, is the Pooper just well, all consuming? Well, we're going to go with Hooper, uh, Pooper as a one, because we oh. think that they pretty much uh, are one person, though. <laughs> they certainly are over here. I don't know if there's any distinction down there. <laughs> They're the first name on the team sheet, mate, Pooper.
2: Definitely, I think, uh, behind the scrum, and I'm watching him do it for the Waratahs this season, particularly Izzy Fallout coming into the line as an attacking threat. Uh, as, as we mentioned Eddie Jones has chalked up six wins but against six nations teams uh, you know Wales, France, Ireland uh, have been very robotic and pragmatic in the way that they play and um, there isn't a player in any of those teams I don't feel uh, that, that has that unpredictability and attack that, that Israel Folau brings so yeah. so, so coming up against him in wide channels if he gets space or an overlap or Australia gets some quick ball then I'm, I'm worried about that
3: Can I, can I agree with Tim uh, but also just add another point to that, or ask a question, I should say, which is, uh, is it likely to, uh, that we're going to see fallout in that hybrid 15-13 thir- position that he's been playing recently?
0: It's it's hard to know. I mean, everyone's been talking about I think the reason why he's probably going to be still back at fullback is who else is going to play fullback. Basically, we're down to sort of like newbies, like a Dane Hale at petty or a, a workaround. If Curtly Billard's still been on the scene, you had a choice there. So, you know, I I would tend to think that, you know, from... He's going to probably spend more of his time there, but you know, look, he's been doing more of that sort of injecting into the line um, over time. I don't know, Hugh, have you got a, a better read on that?
1: Oh yeah, look, I wouldn't be surprised if they play him in the 15 jersey and he'll drop back mm. um, in defence and just work on diffusing those high balls, um, and then in the and then he'll be much more prominent uh, in attack, especially off first phase. I think they'll probably run him off lineouts and scrums. As that crash ball option, or something, or even something wider, Mm. Um, and they'll just try and get the ball in his hands as much as possible.
3: Yeah. Uh, And the last one from me, Uh, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure that you'll be better than England in this in this area, but you don't need to be better. You just need to be competitive. Mm. Uh, Is your is 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 your front row? Um, I'd
2: never thought I'd hear the day where (laughs) uh, we, we. a, a couple of days. mate these boys i know they're big boys
3: the, the big boys they scrimmage well but more importantly they work hard and they're good rugby players all
2: you need all they need to do is be equal so I, I would actually add to that so our actual third name if if you want to use pooper as one uh is fallout then our third name is probably actually mario ledesma
3: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no fair enough he doesn't mean barbecue but he also knows that how to coach i mean for for us the biggest Sigh of relief came when we saw um, Sakopi Kepu was coming back to Australia. That, Absolutely. Uh, everyone just went, oh, thank God for that. Um, so, yeah, I'm totally with you guys there. And, yeah, what um, Super
3: Mario's done with those guys has been amazing. Is Kepu back in Australia for good now? Or is he just allowed to travel back for games? No, he
0: has. They announced, uh, I think it was on Friday, late last week, that he's back with the Waratahs for three years. Uh, nice. So he's yeah he's back you know so yeah so that was a double whammy for me and Hugh. Not only is he back in Australia, but he's back with the Tars, where we've yeah, been but... where we, we've been we've been really struggling, um, um, up front up until just recently. But um, yeah, so that's great to see him back.
2: So what do you make of those names then? What you expected?
0: Um, actually, yeah. Look, uh, yeah. Poop has got to be first on the on the team sheet. Um, then you've got yeah Falau, hard to leave out. I am um, yeah. The front row though does warm my heart, Hugh.
1: Yeah, it does, and, and it is like it's not it's not false modesty. We're we're the, at our best, you know, in terms of depth that we have been for a long time in the front row, and it's still carried over to this year where we've got still two really quality front rows, you know, with Slipper and Co. We're not sure who will be loosehead, and Kepi's got the inside running for tighthead, but Greg Holmes is in good form as well, so there's nothing lost there. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 the three nice spots. I'm not sure about everything else, but I'm happy to rem- ruminate on them for a while.
0: All right, guys, so you've given us, you've given us uh, the warm-up. Um, now give us the shaft. So who, who are you going to be welcoming?
3: Mm. There's,
2: there's always a yin and a yang, isn't there? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got that.
3: Well, you know, outside of the victory that the Waratahs had, uh, was it last week against the Chiefs? Mm. V- very impressive. My, the number one thing that I'm welcoming is just the standard of play of the Australian teams in Super Rugby. You know, if they carry that, if if they carry that that form over and play like they have been, I'm not entirely sure that they are they they are as nearly as formidable as as they could be. Yeah, here we fair cop.
1: Yeah, very. That's that's very fair, and we're all hoping beyond hope that that somehow Czecha weaves them all together in in, in magically and can can get the best out of them all, but we're not 100% certain that's the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, what you're not aware of, guys, is that when you go into uh, the Wallaby camp with Checker, you get put into a a deep state of psychosis um, by Michael (laughs) Checker personally. (laughs) So that's what makes the difference. Um, So, yeah, that's what we're kind of looking forward to happening. But, you know, the run of Australian teams, it's been something we've been talking in our podcast. We've actually been trying not to talk about it every week because it's just such, uh, such a sore point here with everybody.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, w- I would also say that um, another thing I welcome, uh, and it's not a player as such, uh, but it's the a half empty stadium, uh, taking away that home advantage. I, <laughs> Where I, are I, all I, the fans? <laughs> by, by, by the way, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are we talking about? Like that's everybody in Sydney is in that stadium most weeks. Um, you know, we're, we're a small town.
2: Right, OK, I see. Uh, but yeah. th- th- there's, it, it, it pains me when I see it. Obviously, uh, in, in the UK, we have a similar problem. It, it's, in, well, it's, we, have, so, we have a similar problem in the AJ Bell Stadium, well, but that's not it. <laughs> in Manchester, where Sale Sharks play, yeah, is a, a similar problem. We're, we're, yeah. we're, attendance is uh, relative to, to football, soccer, whatever. Um, uh, it's way down the pecking order. But it does pain me when I see uh, international games and empty seats um, in Australian stadiums. So, but, but I guess from an English point of view, I'm going, well, that, that's great. That's oh. less of a cauldron of... Oh, but guys, we've got news for you here, actually. Yeah, yeah, we've got to fill you in, man.
3: Yeah. Well, on. What kind of country builds stadiums, too big too big for cities? I mean, you know how many people live there. Just build <laughs> a small stadium. <laughs> you would think so. No, look, so what they've done
0: sensibly this year, um, and it's it's quite amazing that they've actually done it, is that they've actually chosen three um, stadiums that they will fill. So, Sydney, usually it's out at ANZ, which is the old Olympic thing that they built for the Olympic Games back in 2000. Yeah. And actually, that um, was the one that did it was that the one that had like 90,000 people at once Hugh? what was the 100, 108 I think was the oh, 108 yeah oh, so, God. yeah no so wow. it was like that was yeah. when
1: the wallabies were winning though so you yeah, know yeah. That's when we so. really
0: that's when we <laughs> that's when we could actually beat the all blacks but um so the, no they've moved it to the SFS which is downtown in Sydney much better for getting a beer and um only seats about 45 50,000 and it's already sold out oh, oh, oh. oh there you go so, oh well, I,
2: I I take it back
0: yeah, and then they, and then they've got the, the one in Brizzy always sells out, which is going to be the opening one, which is um, Suncorp, and then the middle one is in Melbourne, and it's not even one of the big. It's not like the MCG or anything stupid like that. Um, is it Eddie had Hugh?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's at NIB, so it's NIB. only twenty thousand, I think twenty five
0: thousand. Yeah, so they'll all be they'll all be full. Um, hopefully, if not people in white jerseys, but there you go.
1: Yeah, well, that's the bigger worry. How many how many palms get in there? I mean, yeah, exactly. we don't want it to be in a game.
3: Mm. Yeah. I mean, you poor guys have got a bunch of idiot students travelling around, spending daddy's (laughs) money. I can't think of anything. I mean, a stadium full of English fans is painful, but a stadium full of entitled millennials (laughs) travelling around (laughs) Australia, I can't think of anything worse. Uh, You should segregate the crowd. That's a lethal combination, yeah.
2: Uh, A final thing that I would welcome, and again, this... uh, uh, All right, I'll I'll talk actually about the the rugby on the field. Um, I welcome the fact that Australia haven't nailed down their lock situation. Mm. Oh, interesting. And because I actually think two guys that, again, I think to your average Australian fan, I don't know how much Northern Hemisphere rugby or Aviva Premiership rugby from England you watch, but the two guys that are coming down that we expect to start, two Saracens locks, George Cruz, who did play in the World Cup, uh, and Maro Itoje, who didn't play in the World Cup, but is... And he, oh. An like, once-in-a-generation kind of talent. He's won absolutely everything he could win at his young tender age of 21. The hype is not overblown. He is an incredible prospect. And what he also does, as well as being a great lock and an absolute weapon in the line-out, is he finally is an Englishman who is pretty accomplished at the breakdown. And uh, I think, I'm hoping that he's going to step up another level and keep this hype going, and he's going to show the Southern Hemisphere and show everyone in Australia just what a talent he is. So watch out for Maro. Uh, I'm just going to add one, one, one last
3: question, because I want to know what you think um, Checker's going to do here. How are you going to fill that, that 12 jersey, and what type of player will be going into the 12 jersey?
0: For the 12 thing, there's a no-brainer, which will be, I would think, Christian um, yeah. yeah, So that's where he's been playing for the Brumbies, Our sense is that Czech is going to be very much, he'll be going with the incumbents. And so, you know, Christian was pretty much the incumbent in the Wallaby squad, so he'll probably fit straight in there. The bigger question would be if anything happened to him, uh, either form-wise or injury-wise.
1: And the thing about Leo Lefano is he's waiting on the birth of his child, his first child, and hasn't been into camp yet. And they're saying he might not be into camp until sort of Wednesday, Thursday, in which case they might not be able to pick him. Wow. So that's, how long? Is it, that's a big worry. How,
3: how, how long is this? La- how long is is this labour lasting for? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> it's a big. Uh, I think it, Yeah, uh, um, it's it's overdue. So I think I think Eddie Jones has obviously got plants in the hospital down in Canberra there, yeah. um, and the blind games are continuing down there. But um, the yeah. So look, the 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 obvious um the obvious backup might have to be Samu Karevi, Throw him into twelve, and then that changes the whole shape of our attack. So. He's he's quite a big boy. Yes, he's there's there's a there's a bit of uh, langi about him um, in the way he plays. I think Um, probably not as destructive, probably a little bit more skillful, but um, and not as injury. We're all big fans of him here. We're not Mm -hmm. quite sure if he's got got what it takes to step up, but he's in he's in career best form at the moment. Yeah.
3: So I mean, you could actually go to the test with Karevi and with Drani. Yes, I mean it would be an amazing.
0: It would be a yeah, it'd be a pretty um, heavy backline there, and then you've got you know Falau coming in as well. I mean, to be honest, the guy that I would bet he'd go to for that opening test if he doesn't have Lele Fano is probably Rob Horn. That would be mine because I think Czech also loves likes the guys he knows he can bet on, and Rob Horn is one of those guys. Rob Horn started his career at twelve, um, and he, mm. does, he does a lot of defending at twelve anyway for the Tars, um in the you know in that channel and, and or at ten. So I would think. I don't know. I think there's a good chance that you'd see Horn. And their Horn played at 12 um, against the Chiefs on that Friday night when the Tars did so well. So, um, anyway, there's a couple of different options there. But, you know, he's another strong straight runner as well. There's a lot of conversation going on here about do we really need this dual playmaker thing and, you know, just get somebody in there who can bosh it up, basically, and, and make some space. Do
2: you know what, Matt? And There's one final thing before we leave these things we welcome. This has yeah. got nothing to do with playing ability or anything. I just welcome uh Carmichael hunts quads. Uh, they are quite f- fantastic, <laughs> incredible quads. He's been doing. A- he never skips leg day.
0: No, he certainly does. And uh, he's got. He takes some very special supplements um to give to give him
3: those <laughs> quads. <laughs> Southwalian supplements. <laughs> a big pardon. Southwalian supplements. We we uh, we call them over here. Okay, right, or, or South American usually. Um, yeah, South yeah, American. Yeah, they're yeah. big into it.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Allegedly.
0: Um, all right, boys. So, you, okay, you've given us ours. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we spin the tables here?
2: Yeah, let's hear it. Yes, come on, Matt. Then, Matt, Hugh, what have you got? Then, three things you you uh, fear, or three things you you worry about, or are concerned with um, when it comes to England.
0: Right. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off here, and then Hugh can um, can pipe in. So, actually, top of our list was Super Supermaro. Um, wow. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we have seen him. We saw him. We saw bits of him at the World Cup. Um, and then he, his skill and what he 's been achieving is even filtered down here, um yeah, and that athleticism and I think what he sort of symbolizes what we're going to what we fear the most is that every every now and again i don 't know if like probably every five or ten years England rediscovers what fastball can do to you know with big forwards who are athletic running at pace. And Mm. I think he kind of symbolizes exactly that. So, you know, you get a bit of go go forward going, you get quick ball. And, you know, the the sight of guys like him just beating down the door or Courtney Laws or whoever else um, is is something that sort of nightmares are made of. So, um, yeah, no, he's everything you guys just said about him. um, That's what we're all kind of thinking. And the other reason why I just want to see him selected is that I love it just for your podcasting mate, Phil, just to hear him pronounce his name.
3: Um, it, how does how does Phil say that? I don't even know. It, it's it, dodgy, J or something like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> with his with his northern lilt, yeah. Yeah, Accent.
3: exactly.
2: He's got that. He's got one of those <laughs> northern
0: accents that sound like it hurts to use.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm slightly disappointed uh, to hear that. Not because I don't think you're right. I think you're absolutely yeah. on the money, but. Just that I was hoping he'd be a little bit of a somewhat unknown quantity, but clearly mm. that's far from it.
0: Well, I, I think pro- probably for the for the unwashed, but for people like Hugh.
1: well, he's also scary because of because of the unknown quali- quantity. Mm. I mean, I've seen a bit of him, and I, and I know he's good, but I haven't seen him up close and personal yet in a big series against you know um, Australia. This is the time that he's going to shine if he is, and I'm worried about what I'm, I'm, the unknown makes me worry. Basically, because yeah. yeah. I haven't seen him can before. Say, he's like a Robshaw, as a few guys we're going to get to later, that are known commodities that we know about and we've beaten before. He's not one of yeah. them.
3: Yeah, I can tell you now. As a Welshman, I've been through all the emotions that you've been through with told you, like, Oh, he can't be that good. Oh, we'll see how he does in Test Arena. And everything he does is so good. From his line-out defence and his athleticism getting up, to the way he just operates around the edge of the breakdown, he just sees stuff and he can do it. And then you look in the European Cup final, you think, well, surely he'll come and done now against this huge pack. He, run, um, he runs over a flanker. And it just seems that everything he does, he does very, very well. So uh, yeah, you'll uh, you'll you'll get the same emotion. You'll be in level three atodgy, um, <laughs> but you see him see him against the Wallabies. Okay, we'll have to report back see on him.
0: that um, uh, next week. Um, the next one. So this is a guy who I think gets a bit of mixed press up there, um, but um, and I know Hugh uh, stuck this guy in, but I completely agreed with him, which was um, Ben Youngs. Um, oh goodness! Oh, of really?
2: Way. What are you talking about, boys? Yeah, expl- explain this. Is this that one try he scored against the Wallabies a, a few years ago? <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Um, that he's great? a good. He's a great little. I mean, I.
0: I think he's a great little runner. I think he also gives you um, fast ball. I mean, Hugh, what are you seeing?
1: Well, look, I think more that he can be. Uh, the Wallabies traditionally have struggled with good running nines that have a sort of an an instinct like he does. Um we don't deal with them well. Um and Aaron Smith won for the All Blacks who who exposes us quite frequently. Um and Young's has that kind of Young's has that X factor to him that, that, that um we have dealt with badly in the past. Um and at the World Cup he probably was injured a little bit, didn't have his best game, but he still offers a little bit of that threat. And once those forward ball runners get going mm. and if you guys can pin us back behind the line with the Todgy and, and um Rocha and some of these other big boppers um, Vunapola running hard, and all of a sudden those gaps start to appear around the fringes of the ruck. That's where he can really take advantage, wow. um, and I've seen him do it before. So yeah, look, he, he's hot and cold, but when he's hot, he you know he, he has that ability to put us away.
3: So that one obviously surprises you guys. Uh, every, well, everything. I mean, I don't think he's nearly as good at running the ball as say Danny Care. I think Danny Care is leagues above him, but also there's people in the squad who are, are better better than him. Uh, Robson, uh, Simpson... Well, that aren't in the squad, you mean? That aren't in the squad, yeah. I mean, have any of those boys been called up yet? No, they no, no, no they're just, just taking the... So that'd be the first thing. The second thing is, he plays like he doesn't need a fly half. So he picks up the ball, crabs sideways, and tries to make plays instead of going forward. So all the other three I mentioned will spot a gap, go forward, and try and get through the gap. Mm. He just sort of slows, sl- slows everything down. Mm. Having said that, and in, and in your defence, there is an army of people... Who are paid an awful lot more than me uh, and him to, you know, pick rugby teams, and they keep on sticking with Young. So there must be something about him, but it's certainly not. He's certainly not someone that I particularly rate, and I wouldn't even take take him on tour.
2: And I, I'd add to JB um, precisely what he said. The and some, picking up on something you said earlier, where England rediscover fastball, and, and you sort of suggested that Ben Youngs was someone who facilitates that when he when he isn't on tip top form. That crabbing across the pitch just wastes vital couple of seconds yeah. and vital space, and it just it, I sh- I get angry watching watching him play sometimes. So I- I'm hoping that the Ben Youngs that you've obviously seen is the one that turns up uh, if he is selected. I suspect Danny Care will start. I don't know, however, it could well be yeah. Ben Youngs. Well, uh, I think it's fair to
3: say after that. Ben Young's is nailed on to be man of the series now, isn't he?
0: Well, well, I can just talk from an emotional point of view. You know, you have have those players when you're watching and and, you know, there's not too much analysis that goes into it. You just know that the number of times I've been watching a game where we've been playing England, and you're just like, oh, bloody hell, it's him again. And, you know, because he's running through us or something like that. So maybe he saves up his best stuff for us. Maybe that's what it is.
3: I'll tell you a quick story. I sent a text to my friends on WhatsApp um, saying... Uh, Leicester, are, Le- Leicester are genuinely better when Ben, when ben Youngs is in the bottom, bottom of a ruck and someone else feeds the ball and <laughs> I, actually, I actually meant that and then Ben Youngs scores so you know he is in his defence he does do, yeah. do a small amount of things very very well and does seem to come up with big plays but as a player to watch over 80 minutes not someone that I particularly rate Okay. and then the other bit is obviously he's also Lindred so are you guys aware of this? So
0: I'm, I'm assuming you are so there's, a, there's actually a Twitter account called Lendrid, and it's dedicated to Ben Young's sayings. So I think it, it was obviously... Some, wow! Yeah, it's obviously somebody who lived with him. Um, it stopped tweeting about two years ago. Um, go and find it. You'll find it Lendrid. Um, uh, I, I How it, does that spell? L-E-N-D-R-I-D. And that that's actually his nickname. And I think it's one of his housemates obviously just started taking these things down, and they are unbelievably funny it's like he's obviously wow. on a spectrum <laughs> this so it's is great so it says things like um like one of his quotes was i love snakes and lizards all
2: those erotic pets are brilliant <laughs> 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 um, and um it, this is a, this has been a, a barren fallow weekend with no rugby and that could have been that that could have been the solution i could have just entertained myself with this the whole weekend have you got it sim i'm, I'm looking at it now it is outstanding I mean... Singing the anthem makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, okay. look, do yourself a favour, go through. There's also a Tumblr, but I think it just borrows from that account. So um, whoever it is, it's brilliant. And you guys would probably see some more of the insides. Obviously, um, I think it's someone like Tom that he used to live with or something, who's obviously um, written a lot of these things. And it's just hilarious, but it gives you a bit of a different insight into him. All right, so, then, so that's our second. Um, our third, um, Anthony Watson. Now, Shall.
2: that's a good call.
0: You know, I'm not sure if I'm drilling so much into him specifically. Although he had that, he did play really sharply in that last game we came up against you guys. Um, I guess we, what we know is like that England back three um, can be really, really dangerous um, with gas to spare, which we mm. don't necessarily have on our wings actually. And 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 Izzy is, um, I mean, he, Izzy shocked everybody when he scored that runaway try against the Chiefs because. You know, we don't really see him as having sort of like um, top-line speed. He's more of a line-breaker. But we just don't have any of those out-and-out out gas men that just kind of make can make shit happen um, on the wings at the moment. And um, and he's one of them. Um, so, yeah, our worry there is, again, you know, if, that game, if Eddie's game plan, which I can only imagine he's going to have, which is smash him through the middle, smash him through the middle, smash him through the middle, and suddenly someone like him comes in, that's a real worry. And I don't think we've got the, the pace to counter it. Was that what you were thinking there as well, Hugh?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it kind of ties into the first thing um, First thing I'd like to see actually, I'll get to that, but it, 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 I said it at the World Cup last year, and, I, and it's probably still, I can't remember a time when England's back three, or outside backs generally, because I, I'm also a big fan of um, of Joseph as well, um, that, that um, have a lot more firepower out wide than what we do, mm. um, and that's the case again in this series I think.
2: Um oh, so that's that's, the main, that's that's really interesting to hear because I was sort of thinking how many how many Englishmen would get into uh, an Aussie backline, and I think Farrell at ten would have a shout, um, and then other than that, oh, oh, maybe one of the wingers Watson was kind of kind of where I got to, but but Watson definitely he's one of those wingers that you give him a one on one five just a five meter channel to work in, and he'll he'll he can step and he can step and finish. Yeah, and
3: I'll tell you I'll tell you another thing as well. That England backline, maybe as individuals, they're not the best all-round rugby players in terms of skills. But like, say, uh, Watson, uh, you've got um, Brown, you've got Joseph, you'll have Noel. All they need to do is have a half break, and you're on the back foot, and then, um, and then quick ball. If Ben Youngs is any good, uh, he'll move it again. And you just can't nail them down because their feet are so quick. Mm. So even if, even if you do stop them, you're stopping them two or three yards after they've created a weak shoulder. So they're very tricky.
2: I'm hoping that that Watson gets the opportunity to demonstrate exactly what you're talking about, and um, my, my concern is that that he won't be able to get enough opportunities to get the ball in in those sort of situations. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, that's me
0: leading off on the who we fear. Hugh, do you want to give him the bad news?
1: Oh, the bad news. Well, I, I think the first one I lead in from the point that I said, and it, it's a it's a it's a more broad one in the spirit of you guys did. I've got some individual players as well that me and Matt have discussed, but um, is that. You guys get, that England get too preoccupied with um, big ball running forwards and uh, Anthony Watson gets frostbite out on the wing and um, we deal with it It's a wrestle, it gets to the breakdown and we can deal with that pretty easily. And I think in the past, that's what England tend to do against us. It's what South Africa sometimes does. They see us and they think we're soft in the forwards and they just want to belt us and belt us and belt us and and we can deal with that and and, um, we end up, Winning, uh, winning the series through that. So my worry is all this talk of Eddie saying we're going to beat him up, we're going to be bigger and stronger, and um, it basically, basically preoccupied with that. While um, while your great outside backs that we've just spoken about get get nothing. So I'm really hoping that that um, yeah, it's too tight and slow, and we get David Pocock and Scott Fardy and Michael Hooper over every ball. We slow it down, and we and we can deal with the forwards and and the backs get nothing. Matt, do you, do you think that's um. That's something we're hoping for. Yeah, well, I was going to
0: put two names on that, actually. I was going to say Haskell and Robshaw. Um, oh, God.
1: You know. Yeah, but, well, they were the, they were the players. That's almost points two and three there,
0: I think. Well, no, because, I mean, what they've done is they've managed to break maths. So they've managed to prove that, you know, two times 6.5 doesn't equal 13. Well, um, <laughs> oh, I think it just, it's just proven it doesn't work. And I'm not really sure who the plan is to kind of compete there. I mean, I know you... We're clutching at straws up there earlier, Tim, around Marrow. And I'm not saying he doesn't have the skills and whatever else, and that'll be great to see. But still, you know, we're going to have three good guys over the ball, and I'm struggling to know who's going to either keep him off it or return serve.
2: Oh, I know, I know. Absolutely. Now, on on our podcast recently, JB's been undergoing something of a metamorphosis. He's been the biggest Haskell fan for quite a long yeah. time. And he's but that's just man the- love.
0: He's just, yeah, <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> The cracks the cracks are starting to show. And I, and I think on form, Haskell does not deserve to be in the England squad. Um, well, not, not in the England squad. He doesn't deserve to be in the, the, the 23 that plays. I, I fear Ooh. that he will. I fear that he will. And I think that that would be a mistake. I think Clifford on the hard tracks um, in Australia, uh, with the pace he's got, could be the man to to, to get there first and challenge um pocock and hooper so that's that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping clifford gets cracked. you know what?
3: i kind of disagree with you there um i agree and disagree because uh, i'm a bit of a politician um i agree that he, rob Shaw and haskell aren't going to steal any ball because we know they are not they never do but if you want two guys to get rid of uh Pocock, i actually think they're the they're the per, they're the perfect counter because defensively they will work hard sorry Attackingly, they will work hard, and they'd be per- and they'd be perfect for that job because they get to every breakdown. They just don't have the skills defensively at the breakdown to steal the ball. So that's why I think you think you bring in someone well, else.
2: Well, I just I just say uh, rewatch the World Cup take that he was. Uh, yeah, that was That was in the I, Lancaster. I, I, I don't care. I, 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 that that combination is not going to get England anywhere, and we need to. We, we it needs to change. I I really like Robshaw. He he's better everything than Haskell. He works harder. He's a good link player. He's not an out-and-out seven, but he deserves his place in the side. Um, that, that's just what I think about it. So I think you've, you've picked up on something really good there, boys.
0: Okay. Hugh, what's your next?
2: Yeah, well, I suppose
1: I think I think we had, that was point two. We'll say Rob Shaw Haskell point two because I think it's probably linked. We, I don't know, Matt, if you want to throw something else in here. The third one that we had was, um, was um, Marco Vunapola, who we still mm. think there's some big question marks over that English scrum after the World Cup. Um, and uh, we're a bit we're a bit bullish on this, and it could blow up in our face um, in glorious style. Mm. Uh, I just the it, one time, confident in our scrum, but uh, yeah, we, we we've got some question marks over, over Marco and um, and the angle that he can come in on, and a, a referee who uh, doesn't view those things too kindly might might take the view that uh, Marco uh, needs to get some of the treatment that Al Baxter and Matt Dunning have received at the hands <laughs> of England referees over the years. The
0: injustice. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean as you were saying Hugh I mean look the thing about this was it, it'll come down to the referee so you know Vuna Pola came, came in at 90 degrees you know all the way through the Lions series and you know ab- absolute, absolutely skewed us um, especially with Ben Alexander who did, you know wasn't able to counter it so you know it's a whole different scrum and everything else um, but then also I think you know the refereeing mindsets changed a little bit and whereas I think tight, head, uh, loose heads used to get away with absolute murder I'm not sure that's happening anymore as we saw with Marla. so that's, that's my other thing. I, I really, in, my, in what I've seen of him, I kind of think that uh, Vinapol is a bit of a, a Mahler 2.0.
2: As, as I'd say, uh, I would say to you, as I know very well doing a podcast with a Welshman, is you can see the same thing, and depending on your perspective, it looks completely different. And uh, <laughs> I think there might be a little bit of that going on, boys.
3: Yeah, Mako is a damn good player, and they, if they bring him on off the bench i think you might I think you might be regretting that selection
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, yeah, well, what, but, the, but the reality of it is i think drawing more broadly as to why we've struggled a little bit to come up with things that 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 um we're looking forward to seeing about this team and and is is that there is a it's not the most experienced side and we haven't and it's been a long time since we've had England on our shores um, and had a really good look at them and And um, we don't get to see a huge amount of the the footy up there. The the Six Nations I've seen a bit of, but not a huge amount. And so a lot of the Australian rugby fans um, that generally, with a few exceptions, you know, your Mike Browns and and, um, your, um, you know, Dylan Hartleys and and Haskells who have been around for a little bit. Um, Rob Shaw's another one. Um, We've seen a bit of Joe Launchbury. But, you know, a lot of these names are unfamiliar even to me. And, And it's a lot of young guys that have been the crux of that under-20 squad that's come through and have been together now for four or five years. And I, I think maybe that could be, a, could be one of the broader weaknesses or it could even be a strength, is that they're so inexperienced in these conditions. And this is, I imagine, for most in the first trip to Australia on, a, on, a, on an England tour. So um, th- there's probably potential yeah. for it to go both ways. They could, they could come out and play yeah. like champions or they could wilt.
3: I'll take it one further. I mean, the last time you had a, um, Eng- English players playing in Australia was probably Lions and you look back at that Lions yeah. team. I think there's only and I think there's only Farrell who will make it back. So all those guys you're used to polling, Oh no, uh, you'll have Vinopola. But other than that, yeah, pretty much no all new
2: or those sort of guys. Yeah, I, for the record, and I'll say this in the hope that I'm completely wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, do, I don't see us uh, winning this series. And I think the, I think it will be brilliant experience. And I think it will be part of the the plan towards Japan 2019. But as you've rightly pointed out, massive amount of inexperience, really youthful squad. Uh, I think it'll be a great learning curve, and I think we'll win one of the tests. But I think we'll lose the series. You couldn't be more wrong. It's going to be, and I think it's going to be three
3: 0 to England. <laughs> 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 oh, really? Uh, now, look, later.
2: We've got a Welshman saying that. I'm, I, how uh, do you uh, see that? Uh, I
3: can't get it. Uh, well, you know, look, I, I watch a lot of Super Rugby, and if and if the Waratahs show up, they've got every, they've got every, every chance. In I, fact, any of the, any of the Australian franchises. I mean,
2: but that's it's not that much different. I wouldn't, I wouldn't base it on that.
3: Why, well, well, why not? What else could you possibly base it on? Oh, like well, the like you say,
1: like, my counterpoint to that is the Waratahs and the Australian Conference play New Zealand teams, and I think if the World Cup showed us anything it was that I think you guys up there might get a bit of a false positive um, playing against each other, and you know, chalking up sure. wins, which is fantastic. But if anything, to, to put it bluntly, the, the the best rugby in the world's played down here. So I think yes, the, the the Australian Super Teams are struggling, but they're playing the world's best provincial sides, and that test hopefully might might steal them up a little bit for, for what England can provide.
0: But well, I mean, JB, I'll just say, mate, I've listened to enough of your podcast to be delighted that you're kicking <laughs> England
3: three <3-0. laughs> nil. Um, that's what? that's yeah, my no, I'm, uh, I'm down the you tomorrow. I, I, yeah, I've just got a sneaky feeling and. Uh, I'm usually always right, so you'll have to just deal with <laughs>
2: that. Uh, he also, he also had a sneaky feeling when I suggested Ben Teo might make it into the England squad. You heard that he, somewhere. He also had a very sneaky feeling that he might just laugh in my face at the thought, and, and Ben Teo's in the England squad uh, over there in Oz. Tim, so. we are we
3: are currently in a state of peak of peak tail. This well, this is the highest watermark of tail. We'll <laughs> if you were trading tail, you would trade trade him now because there's well. going to be nothing left left of that value at
2: next year. After uh, all of it, we'll see. Another good Englishman. See,
1: I'm, I'm, I think it'll be really close. I'm tipping Australia 2-1, Matt. What's, what's yours? Yeah I, reckon the, yeah, I reckon the Poms will pick one up, and
0: yeah, I reckon they'll push it hard. I feel it, it kind of feels like one of those line series. But the thing I've got to talk about, I don't know if everyone else feels this way, is like I can't remember feeling there was so much on the line with a, just a friendly series like this for a long time um is that eddie jones
2: is that is that just the eddie jones element been thrown into the mix
0: yeah maybe i think that's lifted it up that notch um i think it's also because we took so much out of that win i guess probably almost the opposite of what you guys took out of that win or, or loss in, in the world cup we took so much from that that it's such a i don't know it kind of feels like something you you really want to defend um yeah i don't know just the, the hype that's around this it's massive uh, to the point where i the uh the Rugby Championship is going to be a massive come down, I think, afterwards. Um, I just don't think it'll have the meaning or the impact. I don't know. Hugh, are you, do you feel the same or is it just me?
1: Yeah. I think it's the three-game series back-to-back too. It's fantastic. You just, mm. you know, we, we play England every year up there at Twickenham and it's a one-off. So, you can read everything or nothing into it. You know, if we win, we go, that's great. If if we don't, we shrug the shoulders and go, oh, it's the end of the year. Had a bad day. You know, the ref brutalizes us at the scrums, whatever. But with a three-game series, you, you know, there's no there's nowhere to hide and you know the best team's going to win in the end and you're going to see, um, you know, the opportunity to come in and out of games and, and see everyone tested over an extended period. So um, I think that's why it's so exciting because we're actually going to really get a good um, look at what this England team can do and what this Australian team can do too. Yeah.
2: And it's it's going to it's going to play out like a, an episode of Neighbours or Home and Away. There's going to be a soap opera, mind games and stuff. There's already been Eddie Jones being searched. He hasn't told us exactly where he was searched, but he had a very thorough search uh, when he went through uh, Australian Customs. I love it. I love it all. Bring it on.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing here at the moment is I think the media is waiting for it to kick off. It hasn't kicked off yet. Um, hasn't really been any. You know, I think Eddie tried to get some shots firing um at that thing but at the moment the theme seems to be um check has gone to a new level of mind games because he hasn't started the mind games and by doing that he's uh, the mind games uh, very clever mm, so that's, that's kind of where it's at but anyway boys look we're all pumped um we, we're gonna have to get together after the first one um can we can we make Hell that yeah. can we make that pack now no matter who wins or loses got to be gracious and we'll, we'll come back together and discuss
2: yeah let's do that I mean, you know, as you'll know, as as all your Australian listeners will know, there's nothing more magnanimous uh, than an Englishman uh, in defeat. So, we even uh, you know, we're honourable. We're honourable, guys. Of course we will.
0: Okay. Well, we've got a great reputation for that as well. Um, I'm sure you'd love to talk Absolutely. to a bunch of Aussies if they've just beaten you in a test match. Uh-
2: oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Those connectivity issues might come up if we lose. The, the, you know, it's a very shaky line yeah. down here. I'm not sure I can cope with it, a loss.
3: Is it? Is there any chance that we can get Brian Moore on your podcast sometime soon? <laughs>
1: um, well, we keep
0: reaching out to him, mate. The hand of friendship just keeps getting slapped.
3: Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. No, um, he's, he's one of that, our favourites.
2: That?
0: that was an absolute pleasure, boys. Good one, guys. Look, have a good Sunday, and we'll, we'll catch up next week. <laughs>